0: The emergence of cancer immunotherapies, drugs that activate and enlist the immune system to fight cancer, has emerged as a promising approach to combat the disease in its many forms. Lawrence Fung, co-leader for the Cancer Immunotherapy Program at the University of California, San Francisco, stands at the intersection of several initiatives involving UCSF to better understand the immune system's response to cancer and develop more effective drugs in the battle against it. We spoke to Fong about the potential of immunotherapies, the various efforts underway at UCSF, and what we know and don't know about the immune system. Larry, thanks for joining us.
1: Thanks, Andy, for having me.
0: We're going to talk about the emergence of cancer immunotherapies, the potential they have for transforming cancer care and the range of activity at UCSF around cancer immunotherapies. Perhaps we can start with what cancer immunotherapy is and and what's included broadly in that term.
1: Well, you know, cancer immunotherapies are really a new class of treatments that um, depend on our body's own immune system to attack the cancer. Uh, Historically, you know, cancer treatments have been really targeted at killing cancer cells directly, like with a chemotherapy or a radiation therapy. Um, With immunotherapies, what we're doing is we're giving a drug, but rather than that drug actually uh, hitting the cancer cell and killing the cancer cell directly, these drugs are actually serving to turn on a patient's own immune system. And then we're relying on that patient's own immune system to actually um, kill the cancer cells. And so it's it's really a, a different way of thinking about cancer treatment.
0: Does that suggest that systems normally rid the body of, of cancer if they develop and when cancer takes hold, that the cancer has done something that either hides itself from the immune system or disables the immune system's ability to attack it?
1: Uh, absolutely. Um you know, we actually know when people have suppressed immune systems, like people getting organ transplant, or even people who had um, HIV AIDS, so, you know, being infected with HIV and that suppressing the immune system, those those situations, those patients actually are at increased risk of developing certain types of cancer. And so we know suppressing the immune system um, actually can bring those out. Um, And, you know, the important um, other demonstration of this is that actually a lot of the immunotherapies that we currently have FDA approved, they're what are called immune checkpoint inhibitors. So what they're doing is they're removing the brakes on the immune system. They're not actually inducing a new immune response. They're just taking the brakes off of an existing immune response. And so it's pretty clear now that the immune system is actually recognizing the cancer in some patients, and in the cancers that really um, are causing problems, those tumor cells have actually figured out a way to evade the immune system um, from from seeing them and killing them.
0: And why are these therapies considered so promising? What's the potential they have for transforming cancer care?
1: Well, you know, the first component is that you know we now can use the same drug across multiple cancers. And so historically, you know, with cancer treatment, what would happen is we'd identify something that is screwed up within the cancer cell, and we design a drug around that particular mutation or target. With immune-based treatment, rather than, again, having the drug target the cancer cell, it actually is focused on the immune system. And so now we have these um, drugs that target, for instance, PD1 or PDL1, these antibodies, the same drug actually can work in a dozen or more different cancers. And so, from that perspective, that's really a transformative. The other component is that people who actually respond to these immune treatments can have really, um, amazing responses that can be quite durable. And so, you know, historically, with cancer treatment, unfortunately, what typically happens is, you know, the cancer cells figure out a way to survive um, despite there being drug that's supposed to target them. They develop what we call resistance. Um, With immunotherapies, um, we actually see patients who have responses and have the cancer stay away now, you know, 10-plus years and counting. And these include patients that were not still treating with these immunotherapies. And so that's um, uh, also transformative for the
0: field. Well, there certainly have been cancer immunotherapy successes. There have also been a, a difficult area, whether it's CAR-T therapies or cancer vaccines or other modalities. What makes it so challenging? Is it a, a, a question of, of the science? Is it a question of... Cancer's ability to mutate, or is it just a lack of understanding of the immune system?
1: Well, you know, it's a little bit of everything. Um, you know, in terms of our understanding of the immune system, um, while we've really come a long way, there's still a lot we need to learn, and um, that's something um, that the field is is continuing to to move forward in. And with all this interest in cancer immunotherapies. Um, if anything, you know, those discoveries are actually accelerating as, as more and more people are now, um, you know, uh, uh, focused on this area. You know, your point about, you know, the cancer mutations and its changes, I think it's really clear now that when a person has cancer, it's not um, that every cell that that patient has that's the cancer cell is identical. In fact, there are going to be a lot of different variations on that cancer cell, and some of those may actually um, uh, uh, develop ways of finding new ways of um, uh, evading the immune system, and so that also is is really a huge challenge. And so there's a lot we have to learn, um, both from a perspective of the immune system as well as on the cancer cell. But the important part is now we know that um, these treatments actually can work and can work well. Um, We just need to figure out how to make it work better and how to make it um, benefit more patients who receive these treatments.
0: So there's long been a a trend in in oncology towards personalized medicine, later precision medicine. The tumor profiling is now becoming somewhat routine. How does that fit in with immunotherapies today and where we're heading?
1: Well, you know, we're really um, in early days in terms of uh, precision medicine with immunotherapy. Um, You know, I would argue that we're probably that way with a lot of different cancers. Um, But one area where there has been a bit of progress is actually um, looking at um, the immune um, infiltration of tumors um, at at the get-go, so before even starting an immunotherapy. And so one of the markers that people have used is the expression of a molecule called PDL1. That actually is what the PD1 receptor on a T cell binds to. So the break is PD1 on a T cell and what triggers that break is this PDL1. And what's been found in lung cancer is you can stain for that protein in lung cancer and the patients who actually can respond to that treatment um uh um uh, uh are the ones that express high levels of that PDL1 protein now that type of a biomarker that type of a test is imperfect in that it doesn't give us the full answer um there are some people who don't have this protein or this PDL1 in their tumor and do respond But at least in the setting of lung cancer, um, we do use that to help select patients who receive um, anti-PD-1, particularly those people who are newly diagnosed with lung cancer. And so that's sort of a start. um, But again, the field is really trying to move towards better tests to allow us to select uh, patients for these treatments.
0: As doctors consider the the different genetics of, of tumors, do they now need to start thinking about the, different, the differences in, in patients' immune systems? Well, that's
1: something that's evolving. Um, right now, we don't have a great test to evaluate a patient's immune system. You know, we do check regular blood counts on a patient, but that doesn't give us enough information to really know how a patient's immune system is working. Um, but this is an area where, um, you know, our, our group, as well as others around the country, have really been, you know, focused on this point to, to better understand, you know, what is it about an immune system in a cancer patient that might allow them to respond or not respond to these immunotherapies.
0: Well, last year, you launched the Cancer Immunotherapy Program at UCSF. Can, can you explain what it is, what it does, who it serves?
1: Yeah. So um, now that, you know, cancer immunotherapies are becoming um, a a standard treatment, you know, we know that um, there's a way forward to develop these treatments. But the problem is that, um, you know, as we've been discussing, these uh, immunotherapies are very complicated in how they work. And so what we saw the need for was really a clinic that was dedicated to these immunotherapies on the one hand so that doctors with expertise around delivering these immunotherapies and knowing about all the different toxicities would be there to care for these patients, but also another aspect is we want to be able to learn as much as we can from every patient we treat with an immunotherapy. So in many ways, we're viewing this clinic as actually being the research laboratory where we give patients treatment. These may be FDA-approved immunotherapies, or these may be experimental immunotherapies. But from all of these patients, we would take blood samples or perhaps biopsies to really understand what that treatment is doing for that specific patient.
0: The program also works with the Parker Institute for Cancer Immunotherapy, which is a consortium of six cancer centers, including UCSF. You're the co-director and medical director at the Parker Institute for Cancer Immunotherapy. What's the interaction between that entity and your clinical program?
1: Well, you know, there's actually a close tie there. Um, As you might imagine, our goals are pretty similar in, in terms of really wanting to advance the field in, in um, a, as quickly as possible. Um, there are clinical trials that we are actually developing through the Parker Institute. And the goal of that is to pull together these six centers um, so that we can actually all work work on them as a team. And that includes um, running and designing clinical trials that could be run across these different centers, as well as doing these types of immune assays or experiments on samples from these patients. And as you might imagine, by pulling together six centers, we're able to think more grandly about the questions we want to focus on. Moreover, that allows us to actually perform these clinical trials more quickly than any one center could do on its own.
0: In that regard, are there some big questions you're focusing on?
1: Well, you know, there are are a few um, burning questions that um, the Parker Institute has focused upon. And so one of them is actually developing better uh, T-cell therapies. And so one of the clinical trials that's being developed through the Parker Institute involves actually engineering um, T-cells in such a way that they can target cancer using what's called a a T-cell receptor against a specific protein, but we also are engineering those T-cells to remove the break, that PD-1 molecule we we talked about. um, For this clinical trial, we would actually be engineering PD-1 out of those T-cells to really try to develop a very potent um, T-cell therapy. Another clinical trial that we're developing through the Parker Institute is um, in collaboration with Merck, and in this clinical study, what we want to do is actually understand why patients uh, um, develop or have resistance to these anti-PD-1 antibodies focusing on lung cancer and head and neck cancer. That clinical trial is going to be somewhere on the order of 200 to 300 patients, and really is trying to address that question of resistance in a comprehensive way. And again, that would be something that individual centers would not be able to do on their own. But through the Parker Institute and in a partnership with a large pharmaceutical company, we can actually now ask those really significant questions.
0: Another component of the work at UCSF is the UCSF Immunoprofiler. This is a two-year project backed with $10 million in investment from at the Amgen, and Bristol-Myers. What's the goal of that project?
1: So the goal of that project is really to understand what is the immune system in cancer. And, you know, we think about cancers as being um, arising from different types of tissues. That's sort of the classical way we think about a cancer. So you might have a colon cancer or a lung cancer or a prostate cancer. Where the cancer arises from. This immune profiler effort really is to to determine whether or not there are actually ways to classify cancers based upon how the immune system sees them. And so in this case, what you might imagine is there might be a subset of colon cancers that might look like a subset of lung cancers or a subset of prostate cancers. And so in this case, you could envision rather than defining a treatment for cancer based upon where that cancer comes from, you would actually tailor a treatment based upon what the immune system is doing and is present within that tumor. And so it's really trying to develop new ways to think about cancer through an immunologic lens.
0: The the whole understanding of, of how the immune system responds to cancer seems to be quite dynamic right now. You were involved with New research from Matthew Spitzer, which is changing our understanding of the way immunotherapies are designed and used. What, what came out of that?
1: Well, you know, the, the importance here is um, really trying to take a, a more holistic view of what's going on in the immune system of a cancer patient, and um, the work that Matt um, has done has led and recently published basically show where the immune system is being activated when we give an immunotherapy, and um, you know what he had shown in in animal models, so in preclinical models, was that a lot of that activation is actually going on in in the blood as well as in the lymph nodes of these um, uh, tumor-bearing uh, animals. And what we went on to do was actually look within the cancer patients to actually see, yes, indeed, in patients who are getting immune checkpoint inhibitors, we can actually see activation of the immune cells in the blood of of these patients. And so, what we what we're looking forward to doing, and we're actively collaborating on, is to actually use those really cutting edge tools um, to apply them to our patients, and that really couples with the cancer immunotherapy program where, you know, we now have the ability to study our patients and this work with uh, Dr. Spitzer allows us to really analyze that um, data to the full extent to hopefully guide uh, future uh, therapies um, uh, targeting the immune system.
0: What do you think the role of immunotherapies will be as we move forward? Is this the future of cancer care?
1: Well, I think the future is now. Um, if you look for some cancers, uh, immunotherapy is now um, the standard of care. And so for a disease like melanoma, um, dare I say, you know, just about every patient with metastatic melanoma will get immunotherapy as part of their treatment. And so that has really um uh, been transformed by by immunotherapies. The other component is metastatic lung cancer. I think, you know, this was the disease that really um shook up the whole oncology field in that patients with lung cancer usually don't respond to any treatment and to have them respond to an immunotherapy was an eye opener and we now have an immunotherapy that's FDA approved as the first-line treatment for metastatic lung cancer. So if you're a, a lung cancer patient newly diagnosed, you will actually have a test to look for that PDL one marker that we talked about. Um, and if it's expressed at a high level in your tumor, you will get an immunotherapy as the first treatment. Um, and so that really is, is revolutionary.
0: Larry Fong, co leader of the Cancer Immunotherapy Program at UCSF's Helen Diller Family Comprehensive Cancer Center. Larry, thanks so much for your time. Thank you. Thanks for listening. The Bio Report is a production of the Levine Media Group. To automatically download this podcast each week, subscribe to our RSS feed or through iTunes or other podcast managers.